Welcome back here to Aganis Arena at Boston University. Mike Macnick and John Leahy with you. Happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. We hope that you will have a, a, certainly a terrific holiday season. And joining us in this second intermission, Mike McMahon from the Mac Report, the Eagle Tribune, Call of Talkie News, and themacreport.com as it's our last chance to chat with him for another month or so as the Warriors will now go on break after this game tonight before returning to action on January 2nd at the Mariucci Classic in Minnesota against the University of Minnesota. BU leads Merrimack here 4-1. And, Mike, uh, I think that we knew that a game like this was possible, both that uh, you know the Warriors' losses tended to be very close ones this year, and they only had four losses, three by one goal, and the other one by two, but that was one with an empty net, and so really four losses by a single goal. And the four goals here tying the most they've given up this year to, to Mercyhurst. Merrimack, uh, you know, having felt probably pretty good about itself the last few weeks, playing pretty well, four wins in the last five games. BU struggling the last couple of weeks, too. Jack Eichel in that line being quiet, and now they're, you know, breaking out tonight here. So all of the ingredients, I suppose, were for were there for something like this. They were, and I, and I think, you know, we talked a little bit about it off air. Their best chance to win this weekend was last night, and, and they had a third period lead and weren't able to close it out. And, and to be honest with you, I thought that the first three or four minutes of this game, they played all right. I think they had a four-to-one shot advantage up until the first penalty. I think it was to Christie. And then they, they took two back-to-back. I think Ben Boss was right after. So they had about they had about almost four consecutive minutes where they were on the kill, and that's where BU really took over in the first period, and they just haven't let up since. I mean, we've heard coaches just talked about it before where even if you have a power play where you don't score a goal, it can all change the momentum. Well, for the first three and a half, four minutes, Merrimack was, had the puck pinned on their end, and I, like I said, they were they were out shooting them, I think, four or five to one uh, before they went the penalty kill, and then all of a sudden, BU had a chance to get some momentum going, and they haven't let up in the last, you know, 27, 37 minutes, however long it's been. I think that's a great point you made, that Merrimack actually had a pretty good start to this game. I thought they played well. The puck tended to be in the BUN. Puck possession favored them. They did a good job in that regard. The penalties didn't didn't help, but they were able to kill both of those penalties off. That's where BU was able to get their shots at even strength. Merrimack had the better of the play if, in, if you looked in the first 10 minutes or so of this game, but then, like you said, BU just started to take over at that point. And, uh, you know, I don't know really whether it was the, you know, was it the penalties, the power plays that led to that, or was it something else that changed? I don't know. It just seemed like to me at that point that really, especially that top line for BU, started to take over and assert itself and was able to do some things, was able to create some space, find some space that they weren't able to do last night. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a little more space out here, obviously, than there is a Lawler. They're, they're a special line. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Jack Eichel has four primary assists tonight. Uh, Danny, or two of them have gone to Danny O'Regan as a two-goal. I mean, it's pretty clear that they're a, they're a pretty special line. Uh, You're not going to keep that guy down for long. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty special player. That, that I think I, I was having a debate on Twitter with someone earlier tonight. Someone asked me, how good is he really? Where, where does he stack up with other you know players that have played in Hockey East? And I said, well, it's going to be weird to see how history judges him, because he's probably only going to be here for one year, but but he might be the best player that's ever played in the league. Uh, he's certainly in that conversation. He's certainly in that handful of top guys. So uh, it, it's pretty special to when, when you watch him with some space. What he can do, he's a pretty special player. We're talking with Mike McMahon from the Mac Report, and the Warriors trailing here four to one after two. So let's say that it, you know, they're still in this one. You know, let's be clear about that. But let's say that it ends up being, you know, 
that they're not able to come back and they and they lose in this one. My my take is, like I said, you know, if you looked at the first semester before the game, before the season, and you said you're going to go into the break at Christmas with only five losses, how many people, first of all, would have believed that? And then how many people would have said, yeah, we'll take it, right? Yeah, I think maybe the people in the locker room would have believed that because there's a belief among teams and players that they're going to be all right. Do you think that belief was there before the season, or did it develop early on as they were able to win those games? I think it probably developed early on as they were able to win those games. I mean, I, I don't think anybody outside of their locker room would have thought that they'd be going into the break, even if they lose this game 10-5-2. and two. Yeah. I mean, uh, Even with the schedule, because people have taken yeah. shots at them because of the fact that the early on schedule was, was relatively easy compared to some other teams, but, you know, you still got to win the games, and I, I still think people looking at that schedule if you told them that they were going to go with five losses, wouldn't have believed it. I mean, they played a similar schedule last year, and they won eight games all year. So uh, I, I think that most i mean, most people picked them to finish last or second to last. Uh, I don't know. I forget where they were in, in each of the two polls. I know I picked them 10th. I mean, in our media poll, when I said in the ballot, I picked them 10th. Uh, and I was, I was pretty optimistic that I thought this freshman class was going to be able to have some success. And, and I thought they were going to be the third worst team in the league. Uh, you know, I think, I think at this point, with the type of start they've had, I, I don't think they're going to finish in the top four. I think that's it's going to be really hard to crack that. Uh, but, you know, I think they've gone from many people thinking they're going to be in the bottom three to probably finishing somewhere between fifth and eighth. I mean, I, I think at this point, if they don't finish somewhere in the, between fifth and eighth and host a first-round series, with the start they've had, you probably would categorize the second half of the season as a disappointment. Um, but I think that's where they're looking at right now. It's probably hosting a first-round series in that first week of March and then going on the road for the quarterfinals if they're able to win. Yeah, I want to come back to a note about that in a minute, but uh, have you ever seen a team get 100 shot attempts in a game? Because we're getting close to that. BU had 40 in the first, 32 in the second. They only need 28 in the third to hit 100. I don't think I've ever seen 100. I don't either. I think the closest there was that I've ever seen was last year. Uh, one of the two games, Merrimack against UNH at Lawler in February, I think Merrimack had 89 shot attempts on goal, and at the time, I remember that being the most I'd ever seen. So, uh, I think BU's going to top that tonight. Like you said, they're probably going to hit 100. I mean, 28 shot attempts on goal, they're averaging, uh, you know, 36 each in the first two periods. I don't think 20. I mean, and, and score effects are going to have an issue that it might have might have played with it a little bit because they do have a lead, but uh, this team doesn't seem like they're one to, to let up and sit in the lead. I think they're going to keep firing the clock. I think maybe the one concern here, if you're a Merrimack fan, is you look at the last few weeks and the scoring has actually started to quiet down a bit here. The one goal tonight, one last night against a BU team that, granted, has been pretty good defensively, but you're in league play here, you know. You still have to get some goals, and only one goal against a Northeastern team a couple of weeks ago that's not one of the better defensive teams in the league. Um, they scored three the night before, four with an empty netter, but still, uh, you know, the goals, as they have gotten in the league play, as you would expect, have started to quiet down a bit, but is this a cause for concern? Is it something that they need to find a way to do something about? Is it line combinations? Is it something else? What, what's the, the issue here? Uh, I think it is a cause for concern because if you look, their shot attempts have also come down too, uh, considerably. Uh, they went the first 12 games, maybe 10, 12 games. I don't think they were out-attempted in any of them. Uh, and then over the last couple of weeks, they have been out-attempted. And, they, and the, you look at the shots on goal have come down quite a bit too. So not only have uh, the goals come down, the shots on goal have come down too. So they're, they're not creating as many chances for themselves as they were earlier in the year. I think you're right. I think the schedule has something to do with that. But if if they were still putting the same number of pucks on net and just happen to be scoring less, that, then I think you could make the argument well, maybe they've run into some hot goaltenders. Uh, but when the shots and the goals are both coming down at the same time, that just tells me they're not putting enough pucks on net. 
not, not putting themselves uh, or giving themselves enough chances to score goals. Quick question then before we go because we do have to take a break. The stats that you're tracking, I wanted to try to get into that more. We didn't have a chance. We'll do it after the new year or whatever. But, uh, I mean, what does that say? Is, is this to be expected? Were they one of those teams that was overachieving or underachieving? Where were they? And, 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 and is this a, a, you know, are they regressing or whatever to the mean here? Yeah, they weren't really. They, they were a little bit above average but not uh, considerably above average. They were, they were floating maybe, you know, slightly above average. So I think you'd expect it to regress a little bit. It's, it, and we can talk about this later, too. College hockey can be a little hard to predict regression just because the season is so short compared to the NHL. Uh, but they, they were performing a, a slightly above average. So I don't think they're below average yet, but they're regressing to the point where they're middle of the pack right now. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. I know we got to let you go. we got to take a break here. Merry Christmas to you and your family. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun with the two little ones. Have fun. <laughs> thanks, Mike. You too. All right, that's Mike McMahon, the Mac Report, uh, macro, themacreport.com, also Eagle Tribune, eagletribune.com, news, collegehockeynews.com, and uh, follow his work. He does great stuff there. So John and I are back right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.